the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hello, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you for listening. Hallelujah. We're excited to do this. We are anointed to do this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. I pray you in Christ's stead that you come to know him the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. We've been talking about suffering. We've been talking about the judgments of God. And today I want to just move over a little bit. I want to talk to you. I've got some warnings from the word to the church. We are currently in what the Bible calls the period of apostasy. We've been in it for several hundred years. But now at the end of all things, as Peter writes, the end of all things is at hand. All of these other things are being exponentially doubled, increased in danger, in rapidity, and how quickly they are. Jesus, at the end of the day, said uh, that God would do a quick work of righteousness. Well, the devil knows his time is short also, so he's doubling down. So it would behoove you to read the Bible and pick up on the warnings that God has. And these warnings go a long way towards keeping you from succumbing to the apostasy. We'll explain all this. It protects you from being lazy. Uh, It should wake you up and keep your eyes wide open to what the Lord is doing in the earth today, what the Lord wants to do through the church today. And we want to make you aware of the dangers that are out there. Once again, we teach on the stuff that's not popular. Uh, It doesn't fill up church seats when you talk about judgment or when you talk about suffering or When you're going to give people warnings from the dangers that are out there in the world, even the dangers from the spirit realm, the demon forces that are out there to take your soul. You know, we live by God's best, but we have to overcome Satan's worst. And Jesus Christ has equipped us for that. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we thank you, Father God. You know, it's my opinion, uh, based on what I see and what I hear, that the great majority of believers, they're ill-prepared for what lies ahead. You know, America in trouble, just like the rest of the world. But because America has known God, we have sinned against the light, as it were. And we are different than all these other nations. We were put together by God, by the Spirit of God. We were founded by Christian men who loved God. And they built a government that was going to be founded on the Bible. And so that's under attack. We've seen that fall away. And 
in the midst of all of this, what is the spiritual aspect of what's going on? How do we defend America if we don't defend ourselves? And Paul talks about that, talks to the pastors about defending themselves so that they can defend the rest of the sheep. And we're going to talk about all of that. But it's my further belief that not only are the great majority of believers ill-prepared for what lies ahead for America, but we've not only neglected to prepare them for the onslaught of evil that is fast approaching, but neither have we prepared the saints for the coming rapture of the church, the rapture of the church, the next big spiritual event in God's prophetic timeline. The church is moved into heaven, taken out from the earth before the great tribulation is ushered in, before the Antichrist is revealed. And so I don't see the church preaching on either of these things. I don't see the saints as being prepared. You know, we've got 20 or 30 folks that show up at a Bible study and they're prepared. We're teaching them the truth and they love it. And yet the rest of the church needs to set their hearts to know what God wants them to do, who God wants them to be as we get closer and closer to the removal of the church. In the meantime, though, we're sitting here in the midst of this great apostasy. And there's a certain way we have to act. We've got to warn others. All the while this is going on, we're still winning the lost. We're still reaching out. We're still loving those that are unloved. We're still preaching the gospel, at least the remnant is. Amen. The evil which is coming will include suffering and persecution, which is why we spoke to you about that the last few weeks. You must understand that God's suffering has a purpose. It's not always Satan's suffering. It's God's suffering as well. And it's designed to... Prove to yourself that you are worthy to live in the kingdom of God. It's designed to refine you. And we talked about the furnace of affliction in the Old Testament. I think it was Isaiah. God puts us in there so that we can learn, that we can be refined, so that the dross is taken out of our our gold and our silver, so that we are holy vessels, a holy church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. The evil which is coming is going to include suffering, persecution upon the church, While how well we will endure all of that suffering is what will prepare us for the glory of the rapture. Hallelujah. Because if you ain't ready, you ain't going. It's that simple. I always used to think that everybody that was born again was going in the rapture of the church. And it still may be that. I don't have any scripture to disprove that fact one way or the other. It's just that I've come to read and I've come to know God more. And man, his standard. People, Ron, you're so hard. Well, I tell you, I am nothing compared to what God is and how difficult it's going to be. You're not going to pull the wool over God's eyes. You're not going to live for the devil and think suddenly he's going to bring you home into glory. You're going to have to go through the refiner's fire. And if you keep on rejecting the trials that come, if you run from the persecution, if you complain about the suffering, then you may just get stuck here to get your fire, get your dross cleaned out from the furnace uh, during the tribulation, man. I mean, there's holy fire. There's refiner's fire. I mean, there's uh, holy fear. God wants you ready to go. And yet the more we put him on hold, the more we resist the things that he wants for us, even though in man's eyes they're unpleasant. I had a a friend who always said that, hey, man, if it's good, it's God, and if it's bad, it's the devil. Well, it sounds great, but we're applying our own human reasoning to that standard. That's why when certain things happen, that well, that could never be God, the God of love. We don't understand that it is the God of love because we've counterfeited love. We've turned love into something that's sloppy agape, It only makes us feel good. It's instant. You know, we become an entitlement Christianity. We're just going in the wrong direction. So I'm going to give you these warnings. And I may need another week, but uh, I want you to be prepared. It's so important. 
So once again, the tribulation, the suffering that you're going through is preparing you for a far more, we spoke to you last week about it, a far more eternal weight of glory. But once again, all this begins by being Bible-based and guarding against deception. Most churchgoers and saints and church leaders, they probably don't even see this as a need right now. Uh, The fact that we need to be prepared against these things. A lot of them don't teach on the second coming. They don't teach on the Uh, the drawing to a close of the age of man. They don't teach on the fact that the tribulation's right around the corner. And it's a shame. Many don't know about it. Uh, Many don't believe it. But believe it or not, know it or not, this is the hour in which we live. Not having an understanding of these times, these end times, is evidence alone that the apostasy is here now. The apostasy, the falling away from known truths in the Bible. It's been around for hundreds of years, several decades currently as it's increased in its intensity. And we are well into that point now in the apostate move as evidenced by the fact that whole congregations are following false leaders. Basic Christian truths are daily being challenged and rewritten. Efforts to remove certain books of the Bible, James for one, are underway. Heretical teaching in the church is rampant. Doctrines which deny the lordship of Christ in the earth are being promoted now. Hypergrace has removed the need for repentance. Once saved, always saved. And a refusal to speak about sin or common ideologies in our churches. Holiness and truth are absent. Yes, folks, the apostasy is here. Oh, and by the way, it's not just in the church, but its pagan influence is worldwide. Formally accepted truths such as marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, the truth that God only created two genders, male and female. The truth that the earth is round is being challenged once again. The flat earth theory people are up in arms. Global warming. These facts, <laughs> this science, right. These lies are all throwing the people of the earth into mass confusion. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I will tell you what's been written so that when you see the earth falling apart, when you see its people at each other's throats, you will know why it's been written. Jesus talked about this to the church in Revelation 3.10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, talking to the church at Sardis, I think, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all of the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So Jesus is talking to the church. This was written about maybe A.D. 95, and so maybe 2,000 years ago, 1930 years ago. And he's talking to the church, and he's letting them know there's going to come an hour of temptation, and it's going to come upon the entire world, and its purpose is to try them that dwell upon the earth. In context, Jesus was telling, oh, this is Philadelphia. In context, Jesus was telling the church of Philadelphia that because they were obeying him, They were successful in doing what he had asked them to do. He would keep them from the time of temptation, which would visit all men. Now, most Bible folks consider the uh, hour of temptation. They talk about that as if it's the great tribulation, which is not going to happen until the very end of time. We're very, very close to that. But for the people 1900 years ago, they weren't going to go through that. But there is always an hour of temptation is the point that Jesus is trying to make. We each have an hour of temptation in our lives. And this has been happening ever since the church was founded. Most Bible folks think that this is the actual seven-year tribulation spoken of in a future prophetic sense. And it's also prophetic, meaning that it's also prophetic in that it's something that we'll all go through, but it's a specific 
sense to it when it refers to the tribulation. Try them which dwell upon the earth. There's earth dwellers is the phrase. It's actually used nine times, and every time it's used, it's referencing the unsaved. So catch what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying there's going to be an hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world for those that don't know me. And he's saying here, if you will continue to obey me, if you will continue to be successful in doing what I've told you to do, I will keep you from that time. And that goes for us also. All we have to do to avoid the great suffering, uh, the great worldwide tribulation, to avoid missing the rapture, just obey Jesus. Read the Bible and do what he says. You know, it's simple in that context, but there's so much more to it. You know, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to study the Bible to hear the voice of God. Uh, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Jesus says, you don't love me because you say you love me. The only reason I will know whether you love me or not is whether you keep my commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. That's how he judges whether we love him or not. Jesus is telling these church folks that there is a time of testing that comes upon the earth which will try all men. It will test all the unsaved in the earth. If you continue to obey me, you will not go through this time of testing. And that's great. Now, please hear me. That does not mean you will not go through any suffering. That does not mean you will not go through any tribulation. That does not mean you will not go through any persecution. Those that live godly will go through persecution. It's appointed unto men to die once. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul prayed that he would know that suffering because Paul knew that the suffering of God is designed to refine us so that we would be worthy to live in his kingdom. And so don't run from these things. There is no easy aspect to Christian living. Christian living is hard. Jesus said, narrow is the way. Strive to enter into that gate. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. When he says strive to enter in, the Greek word is agonizamo. And it connotates agonizingly. Matter of fact, we get our English word agonize. There is an effort, a sweat, a spiritual sweat that's required for you to stay on the straight and narrow. Part of that is heeding the warnings that I am giving you today. The things that are happening in the earth today are the judgment. They are designed to bring the unsaved to repentance. God plays his part. He brings goodness, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. He shows judgment when God's judgments are in the earth. The nations will learn what righteous living looks like. He allows suffering all for the purpose of bringing mankind to his knees before the living God of creation. And, you know, I got good news for you, folks. That's God's perfect plan. What? That's right. God's suffering. God allowing you to suffer. God putting judgment upon you for the purpose of correction, even the goodness, all of that goes together so that you would come to repentance. And in your carnal thinking, I know that's foreign. You don't understand that. Well, that's okay. You're not supposed to understand it with your mind. You're supposed to get revelation of the love of God through stuff like this in your spirit. Deep calleth unto deep. God is calling to you in his judgment. God is telling you he loves you in your suffering. God is showing you all of these because he wants no one to go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you repent of your sin, accept the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, receive his Holy Spirit into your heart, you will avoid the punishment of hell. So when I personally pray for people, I pray that God would cause them to love the Bible. 
You have no other defense against the deception, no other defense against the great tribulation, no other defense against the apostasy. You must know the Bible. Christians must know the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right there. The way to protect yourself against sinning against God is hiding God's word in your heart. You must read your Bible every single day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. Where does the word of God proceed forth out of the mouth of God? In what's been written. Hebrews 1, God in the old times spoke to us through the prophets, but today he speaks to us through Jesus Christ. The way he speaks to us through Jesus Christ is in the Bible. You must stay in the Bible. You must compare every sermon that you hear against the Bible. Every preacher, you must take it back and search it out in the Bible. God's word is your only defense. It's that simple. When lies and deceit come, truth will guard you and keep you from falling. When you can't get to church, when you can't phone a friend, it will come down to you and your Bible. It's that simple. Remember the apostasy. It's the satanic assault against truth. What truth? God's truth. Bible truth. The more truth you know, the greater defense you have. Under the heading of the apostasy, there are false apostles. There are false teachers. There are false prophets. There are false doctrines. You must understand, saints, these false apostles, these false teachers, these false prophets and false doctrines, are you ready? Most likely, they're in your church. Most likely, they were in your church last week. Most likely, they will be in your church next week. I'm not saying your pastor's false. That's not what I'm saying. But there are people with, and he could be, but I'm not saying that, okay? I trust God that most of these men, they may have an erroneous doctrine here or there, but by and large, their hearts are pure. They are giving you Bible truths. They're not getting their insight from the world. They're not getting their insight from other preachers. They're getting their insight between God, the Word of God, and their spirits. The Holy Spirit is revealing to them what God wants to say from the Word to you in their congregations. You know, Jesus even said that in the seven churches, what, the false doctrines, the false teachers, the false prophetesses, the false apostles, they were right there in the midst of those churches back then, 1930 years ago. Well, they're in your church too. But fear not because you've been warned. That's what Jesus did. He warned the people in the churches. Well, that's what we're telling you. Look out. Watch out. Investigate. John says, try the spirits. Not everything that glitters is gold. You have some false teachers and prophets and doctrines in your church. Beware. You know, I would love to say that our churches are safe places now, and some of them are, I pray. But by and large, when you come to understanding what Paul is telling us, what Jesus is telling us about the deceptions going on, about the false things, these are all in the churches. Your church is not as safe as you may think. The Bible is safe. Your prayer room is safe. You got to understand that. Your Bible is the safest place on the earth today. Jesus wasn't the only one who was warning the church. Paul did it too. Acts 20, 28 through 31. Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Oh, let me give you the setting in which this took place. Paul knew he was getting ready to go home to be with Jesus Christ. So he called the leaders together at Ephesus and says, not only at Ephesus, but he was at Ephesus and he told them, look, this is what's going to happen. Get other leaders together. I need to talk to you. And so he came over there and he met with them. And he says, take heed therefore unto yourselves, to the ministry leaders, to the pastors, to the shepherds, to the uh, deacons, to the elders. He says, take heed therefore to yourselves 
and to all of the flock. So there's a double exhortation, a double commandment there, a double warning. Watch out for yourselves and watch out for the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. That's heavy duty stuff. You just don't run past the scripture like that. Talking about the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price for the church with his own blood. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Man didn't put you in charge of the church. Mama didn't put you in charge of the church because the whole, your father may have been a pastor. Doesn't mean you're a pastor. The Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Take heed, literally, it means to be on guard. The Greek word is prosecho in the Greek, to tie up a ship at mooring, to hold your mind on yourselves, to remain on course. It's a call not just to notice something, but to be on guard against something because it is so harmful. I want you to notice where the danger lay and I want you to face it. I love it. That's what Paul is saying. Guys, I want you to know where the danger lays. I'm telling you where it lays. I'm going to tell you in a second where the danger lays. And then I want you to do something about it. I want you to face it. The pastors and ministry leaders were to take heed to themselves. They were to guard themselves from the false. And they were to guard and to protect the flock as well. But first and foremost, they had to guard themselves. Commentator Robertson writes, This is a command to the elders at Ephesus, and by extension, today's elders also. You do have elders in your church, don't you? If not, who then is overseeing the sheep? Who will recognize the savage wolves that Paul says are about to enter in? I think that's amazing. As I'm reading through these commentaries and studying for the lesson, these old-time commentators, they were brilliant. The depth of their relationship with God causes me to envy. I know the sermons that I hear and everything, and compared to the insight that these guys had, we're back in kindergarten. Okay, so how will they do that? How will they protect themselves? How will they guard themselves in their flocks? By feeding them. What do the sheep eat? Well, Bible sheep on a spiritual plane, we eat the word. Ezekiel 34, 2, God's asking Ezekiel, should not the shepherds feed the flock? Of course, that's the job of the pastor, the job of the shepherd, to feed the flock of God. Our pastors, our shepherds, they are commanded to warn us, not just now and then, but they are commanded to warn us all the time. Paul first reminded the leaders of their duty. Then he told them of the danger that would come. Paul knew wherever truth was proclaimed, the seat would be right behind. Satan, in his craftiness, always tries to bring in error right along with truth. That's a warning right there, because danger is constant. Then so, too, must the warnings be constant. As they read these commentaries on the warning by Paul to the shepherds, there's such a depth to their understanding of the shepherd's role to first guard themselves in so many areas. I believe most of our pastors are so unaware of this responsibility. Know this. Very important. If your pastor is deceived, you're going to be deceived also. Do you understand that? He is anointed to tell you the truth. The pulpit is the anointed place for truth. You are anointed to receive that truth. Trouble is, you are to guard yourself just like the pastor is to guard himself. You are supposed to study the word of God too, so that when truth comes, you drink deeply of it. And when deception comes, you recognize it. Remember these guys in the government, 
the Treasury Department, when they were trying to identify counterfeit bills, they didn't have their people study false bills. They had their people live and breathe, handling constantly, day in and day out for hours, real money. They became familiar with the feel of the money, the weight of the money, the grain of the ink on the money. They knew it by its smell. They knew it by its touch. This way, when the false counterfeit bills came in, oh, they rejected it out of hand. Oh, this doesn't feel right. It isn't right. You need to be that same way, too, about your teachers. You need to be the same way about your pastors. Even about the friends that you keep, you got to know who's true. A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. You must understand. I've got the warning right here on Paul, Acts 20. I'll have to pick up on that. I'm down to a few seconds. Uh, But I do want to pray for you and I want to encourage you. It's your responsibility. Your pastor loves you, but it's your responsibility to guard yourself. God's not going to ask your pastor about you and your salvation. God's going to ask you. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Father God, I pray, just like I pray for these others, that you would put a supernatural hunger for the Word of God in them, that they would desire this and still milk of the Word, that they would grow thereby, Father God, that they would be single-minded, that they would eat nothing, that they would live, they would breathe, Father God, they would hunger, they would desire for the Word of God, Father. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com